Hey everyone, welcome to Season 2 of Building Infinite Red, a podcast where the owners of Infinite Red, Todd Worth, Jamin Holmgren, and Gant Laborde, share stories and insights about what it's like to build a fully remote software consultancy. In this episode, Todd, Jamin, and Gant talk about the exciting world of artificial intelligence and machine learning, why it's a big deal, and what we're doing with it. All right, let's get into it. Welcome back to Building Infinite Red. My name is Todd Worth. I'm one of the three owners of Infinite Red. And joining me are the other two owners, Jamin Holmgren. Hey, everybody. Nice to be back for another episode. And Gant Laborde. Greetings, humans. Very nice. I also <laughs> want to mention Derek Greenberg. He is a principal engineer here at Infinite Red. And he is the gentleman you hear at the beginning and the end of these podcasts. Thanks, Derek, for doing that. Today, we're going to be talking about a very fun and interesting subject, AI and ML, that's artificial intelligence and machine learning, Uh, specifically why it matters to you, no matter what industry you're in. If you're an entrepreneur, you're in a small business, or you're in the enterprise, it really is going to be a big deal to you over the next uh, few years and the next decade, for sure. We'll also explain what AI is, what machine learning is. I'll tell you a little about what we're doing in the space and uh, talk a little about what you could be doing in the space as well. So sit back, have a little fun. I know you paid for your entire seat, but you're only going to need the edge. Let's get going. So you hear a lot about that AI or machine learning is going to be as big as the internet. And that sounds like hyperbole. Sounds like a bunch of BS. Like the internet was such a transformative technology on the world. It changed so many things. It changed everything. Every business got affected by the internet. Uh, And AI seems like it's a cool thing. Like I can now talk to my Echo, but how could it possibly be big as an internet? Uh, I wanted to discuss why it matters to you regardless of where you are. Um, If you're the kind of person who, say, is working for a startup or starting a startup or that kind of stuff, or your developer who's going to be asked to do things, um, this is going to be a ridiculously good opportunity for you. And let me explain why. So all, let's say, I don't know when it started, but let's just say for decades and decades, we have been building products and services that have a bunch of features. And the product manager or the stakeholders or something on every single one of those projects probably asked for something that couldn't be done technologically. So engineers sat in a meeting and said, that's an awesome idea. Uh, I would love to talk to my car and have it do things, but it's just not possible. So there's all these places for decades where there were certain features that were simply not possible at all because a computer couldn't do it or machines couldn't do it, uh, or it's possible, but it was so expensive and such an honor, onerous task that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't viable. But just imagine it's for decades and decades, all these products and all these services got to points where they couldn't do a feature they wanted to do, um, which is fine. That's typical, like, you know, You want to make a spaceship to Mars, you find out you can't do it. You do something smaller. Um, The first thing that AI does is once we had machine learning and stuff, 
there is a huge number of things, features we wanted to add to a product or service that we couldn't add that we can now add. So let me give you, uh, let me digress a little bit here. When lithium ion batteries, our current battery technology, became cheap, it opened up huge number of new products. So there was a lot of products where the engineers go, I really need this amount of power. And they looked at the battery technology and it didn't provide that much power. And so they couldn't make that product. Once lithium ion batteries became cheap enough to put them in uh, consumer goods, we started seeing really cool, um, really cool products. For instance, I ordered a camera from Amazon. It's battery powered. It comes with a battery and it lasts about two years. I can just put the camera in my front door. I don't have to run wires or anything. That was impossible without the, this new battery technology. Okay. So that is one, simply one thing that they couldn't do. We need this much power in a battery. It didn't exist. We can't do that particular feature. That was just one. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're saying, how can I use this new lithium ion battery to come up with new products we couldn't do before? That gives you a great opportunity. But with AI, it's not one thing. It's thousands of things. And there is no, there's not enough companies right now to take advantage of that opportunities. They're starting with the basics, right? Talk to your phone, that kind of stuff. But there is every product and service has hit a wall, which is going to be fixed by AI. And so there's just an incredible amount of opportunity for people like us who provide services for companies or the companies themselves. So that's number one. Number two, why this is a big deal is the same reason the computer was a big deal. So before computers, engineers or architects or whatever, they had pencils and they would draw things out and they would design things. We got computer-aided design or CAD, which didn't give the engineers or the architects any more ability. It just made everything way faster. And we started to see this affect everything in society. Everything was designed faster. Computers got, as computers got more powerful, we could do things like simulate, you know, they could design a car body and the computer itself could tell how the wind's going to go over the car body. They didn't have to make a model. They didn't have to put it in a, a air tunnels. Um, so the computer didn't give us new abilities and it gave us a, a huge decrease in the time to do things and it affected every single product. We're going to have AI assisted design, which means that just like a computer helps you draw faster AI is going to help you design and engineer faster. And this is going to come out in a bunch of ways that we can't imagine right now. So just like it took in, uh, a designer of a car, it would take a year to prototype a body, and now it takes a day, AI-assisted design is going to have exactly the same le- uh, amount of decrease in time to do this again. So it's uh, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly. but uh, That was really good. Yeah, that that was really good, and and I, I liked how it kind of clarifies that you know there are all there are these walls, there are these technical hurdles that are in front of us that literally will stop us short. There, just to um, help like place this down, there is a XKCD that came out forever ago, where this one person saying um, when a user takes a photo in the app, it should say whether or not they're in a national park, and then the developer says, sure that. That's easy, you know. It's GPS. I'll just give me a few hours, and then uh, the person says, "Oh yeah, we need to know if there's a bird in that photo." And then the person says, "Okay, well now I need a research team in five years." So 
that when that XKCD came out, it was hilarious because it was true. Um, but now it's hilarious because that's easier to do than the GPS work if you know a little bit about machine learning. Yeah, and that's amazing. And I want to give an example. So there's the obvious things that we know about that we've tried to do and we failed. There's kind of um, the pie in the sky things like a self-driving car. But there are things that are work right now that are very much out of the box thinking. Uh, Target, for instance, based on your purchase history, uh, you go to Target all the time and you purchase stuff, can identify that a woman is pregnant before she knows she is pregnant. Because there are small patterns that change when you get pregnant and it changed your hormones and stuff. They will start sending ads to a woman for baby stuff before she knows she's pregnant. Uh, that's the kind of like, I know that sounds creepy. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> but machine learning identifies patterns. And it can identify very, very, very small patterns like that. Uh, to a, a degree of accuracy, of course, and it only gets better. So that's just one like extremely creative, although creepy, uh, use of machine learning. What I'd love for us to do uh, before we go on is just really quickly explain what AI and ML is. I'm going to ask you, Gant, to do that. And the reason I'm asking Gant, because he's our resident expert here at, at Infinite Red, uh, just real quick, we'll, we'll go into more detail later, but just real quick, what is AI and ML? Well, AI is a real big umbrella term, which pretty much means anything that emulates uh, organic intelligence from the machine, from this inorganic thing. And it could be a person who just coded always go left in a video game. Um, and then you could say, look, it's got really poor AI. Machine learning, on the other hand, is the thing that everybody's really talking about lately, and that's the idea of not having a programmer, but showing a machine a bunch of examples and having it learn how to differentiate and organize and understand data. Let me give you another real example uh, of little things that are possible. So you send your kid to camp, summer camp, say for a week. Uh you want to see what's going on with your kid and everyone has cameras, right? So you want to see photos of your kids. The problem is the amount of work it would take for the camp, the people who run the camp uh, and the camp counselors to take photos of your kids, you know, and then just send you the photos of your kids. It would, it, it would be ridiculous. Like they would never do this. So the most they could do is they could take a bunch of photos of all the kids and they could post them up on a website and you could scour through them and try to find one of your kid. Now imagine we had AI, which we do, and uh, this is a real product, by the way, and um, they take tons of photos, and instead of just posting my website, they send them to an AI, and that AI finds your kids and emails you only the photos of your kids. Uh, this, is a, this, this is a project we worked on. It's a real project, and this is a new feature that this software provides for camp for people who run camps. Uh, and that's, that's something you could put in your marketing that you can do and no one else can do uh, because of AI. Now, eventually, of course, everyone will have these features. But that's an example. If they have two years, let's say none of their competitors have this feature for two years. They have two years of having a feature that no one else has that is huge in business. <laughs> you know... I have to say, I, I love how AI takes the jobs that no one wants. 
looking at other people's kids. Okay, let's just be <laughs> honest here for a second. Everybody wants to see their kids, right? <laughs> but I don't want to see photos of all these other kids I don't even know. So, like, let's make AI do that. I, I can't think it's the same thing. Like, you know, if you're every time you've said, I don't want to do this, you just came up with a job for AI. <laughs> That's true. And and there's even more kind of like darker sides of the Internet that you can put AI to work because there are situations like Facebook, for example, has whole teams of moderators that sit there and look for inappropriate material. And that's just one of the worst jobs. It's horrible. horrible. You just sit there looking at just horrid things all day long, and it's extremely they quit depressing. Constantly. They quit. They have. They get uh, PTSD. Literal PTSD. It's it's horrible. Um, but as AI can get better and better and better, it can auto flag these things. Um, it can. Uh, it can. It can. A computer sitting there is not going to get PTSD. It's gonna. It's you know. You can automatically take things down without a human ever having to see it. Uh, and so this, this can actually be an extremely useful thing. Uh, now it's not going to be perfect. It's not, you know, things are going to get through, but it's amazing how accurate, uh, Google photos is probably my favorite example of AI right now, because I can type in one of my kids names and because I tag them like twice or once, it actually knows their progression from when they were a little kid, the pictures from the, when they were a little kid all the way until today. And, um, it, it, it knows the differences. Like sometimes I'll look at a photo and I'll be like, is that Vanna or is that Callie? <laughs> like they look kind of similar and I'd have to look at the date on the photo and, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's totally Vanna. Yeah. But the AI can figure it out and it's rarely wrong. It's, it's almost scary. It's, it's super cool though, because you can also combine searches. You can be like, Hey, I, I remember a photo. I think it was of Callie and she was by a lake. Uh, so I'm going to say Cali Lake and then, uh, you know, there's something else in the photo. Just type in those three words and it often will find it because it can recognize those types of features. Um, and, you know, with the thousands of photos that I take every year, there's no way that I'd go through and tag it with all those things. And it'd be very difficult to go back and find those photos later. Right. Exactly. That's 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 the gold of this is I think that, um, you know, a lot of people are really afraid of AI coming in and taking jobs. And I, th- I think that's the the most interesting. Uh, we, we tend to use jobs a lot, and uh, we measure our our country in number of jobs and all kinds of other aspects of it. Um, ideally, I think that the the proper number, of, the unemployment rate being a full out would be great because that mean we're all living in some kind of utopia. But I'll leave that aside. Um, but human beings generally always have an ever increasing. Um, condition of how they would like to live. And I think that every time we see an advancement, we see a bunch of new jobs occur. We'll go back to Netflix. Uh, People got upset that Blockbuster is gone, but who says they want to go ahead and close down their Netflix account and go back to Blockbuster? Absolutely nobody who used Blockbuster is upset they're gone. (laughs) I guarantee that. (laughs) There were, there, yeah, exactly. Exactly. uh, But at the same time, like, I don't think a person sitting at Blockbuster rewinding tapes was fulfilling their life's purpose either. Um, the new jobs that we're getting are, are starting to evolve and, and grow just as fast as AI. I don't think that we're going to be able to identify all the jobs. You know, I've when I started programming, there was programmer. There wasn't uh, front end, back end design, um, you know, data scientists. Uh, <laughs> it was just like... 
database management, like a lot of these things grew out of that. And I see now that we have a whole bunch of new, more interesting, more exciting kinds of problems to solve rather than standing there rewinding tapes. And also on the business side of things, helping business owners understand what the possibilities are. We had an example of a, of a client who came to us recently who uh, I have to be careful about you know, exactly what I say because we are under NDA on that. But they had a certain type of data that was coming in to their users, uh, just flooding, flooding their, their users. And these users needed to be able to sort through that data in order to pick out stuff that was relevant to them. Maybe that, you know, they might get 20,000 pieces of data. <laughs> uh, let's just call them um, messages uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, they would get 20,000 messages each person. And then they would have to sort through them and find the messages that actually made sense to them that, that actually uh, resulted in some sort of economic activity that they could do. And um, they had built a piece of software that allowed you to do some really advanced filtering and some really cool searches and some, you know, like, but this was kind of the old style. This is kind of the way that, that you, um, you would build something prior to AI. You would build it so that it would uh, allow a human to do something more efficiently. Whereas in this case, you know, we actually suggested to them, hey, you know, during the sales call, we were like, hey, have you considered using AI for this? You could train a model. You could actually train a model to pick out the pieces that are the most interesting and provide recommendations. Yeah, they'll still have all those other tools. You know, the user's not going to lose the ability to search through these messages. They're not going to lose the ability to have auto filtering. They're not going to lose all those, you know, tagging and everything like that. Um, but let's add on a recommendation engine where they actually have a new panel that says, Hey, here are the things that we think out of all of these different messages that are kind of free form. You know, you can't actually just, you know, program it for a specific phrase, but we think that these are the most interesting and maybe even build it so that it's self-learning and self-reinforcing where, uh, as they do their searches and as they click on messages and, and mark it as, Hey, this is interesting to me. Um, that the model would then learn and get better and better and better at doing personalized results to them. Based on your pre previous activity, we think that this message is a higher priority than others because nobody can look at 20,000 messages in a day, uh, but they can look at 10 and they can, they can read through those and say, yeah, okay, I got what I needed out of that. Um, this would be a really big thing, but they hadn't even considered it. That wasn't even on their radar at that time. Uh, they probably didn't know that that was a possibility. Very cool. Since this is the Building Infinite Red podcast, uh, let's talk a little bit about what we are doing here at Infinite Red regarding AI. Yeah, it really started uh, about a year and a half ago when Gantt became really interested in it. And this was around the same time that Gantt was also becoming an owner at Infinite Red. And he he dove deep into it uh, and started learning, you know, all about AI. Uh, it, it just kind of sucked him in. It was really interesting to watch. It was fun to watch uh, because before that he had been doing like React Native and, you know, stuff like, you know, things that, that I'm doing now. And uh, this was kind of his next step forward. So that became very interesting. And then Infinite Red as a, as a company has for a very long time, we talked, uh, you know, in a previous ep episode about our, our uh, pillars and foundation. And one of them is uh, a pioneering spirit. Yeah, AI has been around for a long time, but it's really hitting its stride now. And so we want to be on top of that because, hey, we're a consultancy. We want to we want to be able to provide compelling services to our clients. It's going to be really important for a lot of companies to do this. 
We have some clients coming to us with some really interesting product ideas and features. And part of all of our consulting is always to be an informational resource as well. So some people show up, they say, hey, this is an idea that's already out there. We're bringing AI to it. What's the cheapest way to do all that? And um, I don't know which clients we're allowed to talk about and which ones we aren't. But I think it's really great because they get an edge by implementing AI into their product. And it's really easy and really fun. Um, And one of the things that I think people look for when they talk to a consultancy is what is the technology that I need? How much time does it take? And can you get my team ramped up on it? Yeah, actually, we're not only providing services uh, in AI, but we're actually putting a lot of time in developing training materials uh, for engineers specifically. But also, I know we have a short intro to AI that would be interesting to everyone out there, regardless if you're technical or not. Could you just tell us a little about that? Yeah, the idea was... This is so new. Some people are looking at it every day. Some people have just heard about it and say, that's cool. And you need some kind of uh, normalization to level everybody up with all these buzzwords that are just flying in through the door. What is deep learning? What is machine learning? What is AI? Sort of like we did in this course. But then there's these extra terms like GANs, which doesn't stand for Gantt. It's not that part. It does not uh, stand for me. It's generative adversarial networks. You see that constantly, and people are like, what does that mean? And the sort of academic terminology that surrounds it right now is a big barrier for a lot of people, and I just want to get rid of that with a quick five-day course. This is something we do at Infinite Red all the time. Uh, when we were doing Ruby back in the day, uh, we, would, we would write articles that would demystify certain things. Uh, when we started moving into React and React Native, uh, we've been doing that for years now. This just kind of built into our DNA, I think, uh, to to take a difficult concept, wrap our minds around it, and then teach it to others in a way that really they can understand and and that isn't too, uh, you know, that, that that is approachable, really. Yeah, and that's free. And uh, everyone at our company, not everyone at our company's technical uh, list, or did the course, and a lot of people really enjoyed it. They weren't technical, so do check that out. Uh, we're also doing some paid training. Uh, we released our first AI course on TensorFlow.js, which is a TensorFlow. TensorFlow is a service, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm probably going to be wrong, but <laughs> Google created that is kind of a standard model that can do machine learning. Uh, TensorFlow.js is particularly interesting because there's a whole huge group of developers out there that have no idea about machine learning or anything, but they program in uh, JavaScript, which is the JS part, which is a programming language. And TensorFlow.js allows almost every developer, probably every developer, to actually integrate machine learning into their applications. Can you tell us a little more about that, please, Dan? Yeah, there's two major islands here, like this whole sort of data scientist world and they adopted Python, which sits on a lot of people's machines and helps them identify all these complex algorithms. And then at the same time, there's this whole other world out there of web developers building products and user-facing interactions. And at this, there's just sort of this disconnect because the people building these websites are usually using JavaScript. The people building the data are usually using Python. 
So when Google came up with TensorFlow, I think it was in 2015 or something like that, they they originally did it in Python. Well, the demand continued on that in 2018, they did TensorFlow.js, which implements a lot of those really deep, low-level commands. And it's not as a toy language. It's a It's a serious web framework for you to actually implement machine learning and AI in websites. Well, it, in websites, but you can also use it on the back end too, correct? You could use it in a server. You could use it on a Raspberry Pi or some kind of edge device. You could uh, put it inside of React Native. And we created a course for that. What's it called? It's called Beginning TensorFlow, in, no, Beginning Machine Learning in TensorFlow.js. And uh, when we released the course, I really enjoyed watching um, reviews, seeing online um, watching the sales come in. But personally, the thing that made me most happy is watching other influencers out there as their names show up. Because Jamin actually sets up a Slack channel so that every time we have a purchase, we get to see how much they bought it for and what their name was. And uh, I'm seeing all these well-known people that I'm friends with or that I've seen it, or Jamin knows very well from conferences and they show up, and then a little while afterward, we get tweets saying that they're enjoying it. We just got that yesterday. Uh, Wheeler posted how much he was enjoying the course. So it's been really, really cool. And I say, like, that that's a big part of it. It means that we're doing a decent job at explaining a complicated thing. So I think we're at the point, and this is just my personal opinion, but we're at the point that if you are a startup founder and your product or service does not include artificial intelligence, you're missing one of the biggest opportunities for entrepreneurs that's come across come along since the internet where ai is right now and where it's going to be in five years it's amazingly attractive as a matter of fact i'm pretty sure every startup every company will have ai involved in some way or another very soon in 1998 2000 whatever not every company was integrating internet into their products and services, but a lot were. And those companies that were at that time, uh, and some even earlier, like Amazon, um, were had such an advantage that they became, they grew at a level that was abnormal to what they normally should have grown. Because it reduces friction in a way that uh, is, is absolutely industry changing. Um, when you can reduce the friction of distribution using the internet uh, to a ridiculously <laughs> trivial level. Um, when you can reduce the difficulty of identifying if there's a bird in that photo to a ridiculously trivial level where it literally is right now, like it's, it's trivial to do. Um, then the reduction of friction opens up so many different opportunities and different business models than the, the, um, the sort of the the integration of the value chain as you as you kind of like look at how like products and services get to people um it, they kind of it kind of clumps up in one area that's not as good as it should be and uh th- this is like a concept of uh where you you integrate at that level and then once that log gem is cleared by some new technology it moves somewhere else and it just kills company. It kills companies. It, it creates new monster companies. And we're in one of those situations where AI has just like cleared the log jam at, at a certain level and is, is all of a sudden it's, it's flowing and there's, there are going to be companies that 
that blow away uh, other companies. And you, you see Google and Amazon really investing in it because they see that coming and they're, they're like, we, we have to be, we have to be on top of this. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, have you seen a picture of uh, Bezos's uh, office back in the nineties compared like, it's funny. And it's like 20 years later, this little startup becomes this giant company and it's people who notice those things. I mean, I just saw an article that says Netflix was probably the best stock you could have invested in. It would have given you like 4,000% increase on your investment, which I have to say that sounds like I should have invested in Netflix. And they know that, you know, in this world where we're sort of lowering the difficulty, you don't have to go to a video store. You get this direct. And I think they understand it because in 2009, they did a prize called the Netflix prize where they were saying, who can give us a good recommendation engine? If you can beat our next video recommendation engine, you use AI to do that. We're going to give you a million dollars. And someone came in and beat all the Netflix engineers and won the Netflix prize. If I recall, I think it was $10 million, but I may be wrong. Uh, you know what? Whatever it was, it was not enough. That is a significant, yeah, that it, whatever that was, it wasn't enough. Because coming along and <clears throat> just uh, that's sort of like where we're, we're approaching. And that was 2009. That was, and as we're getting like further along, I'm just, I can't even keep up with the advancements anymore. It's crazy. I remember going to Blockbuster stores and things like that. And the biggest problem wasn't the cost of renting a, a movie. I didn't care about that. The biggest problem was, I would wander down the aisles, wander down the aisles and never see anything that seemed like I wanted to watch. And it was just, it was just annoying. And so I often just wouldn't even do it because like, what do I want to watch? And having AI solve that problem for me. Now I'm subscribed to like six different <laughs> services uh. <laughs> and they all have their different algorithms and stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they'll, they'll, throw it at me and I, and I spend too much time watching things. Um, maybe this wasn't a, <laughs> wasn't a good idea. In well, I mean, but. I'll say like now they're finding even more benefit. Cause like you'll pause. I don't know if you have Amazon prime, you pause it and it tells you all the actors there on the screen immediately. Oh, I love that feature. I love As, it. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that that's using Amazon recognize, which is their celebrity recognizing, um, API. I don't think that they're actually coding anything because someone who was, uh, on a TV inside of an episode, it's like, oh, that's who this person is on the TV. I was like, that's ridiculous. No one typed in that person's name. The AI saw them and it said, by the way, if you're wondering who that is on the TV, this is who it is. To digress a little bit, my wife and I are very, uh, we're a little bit nerdy. And uh, one of our favorite things is, you know, trying to remember where we saw particular characters or actors and that kind of stuff. And and we'll often pause and go, I'll, I'll, I'll have figured it out and I'll, I'll talk to her and I'll say, you know where that person's from? And we try to figure it out and we try to figure it out and we love those kind of games. Uh, the x-ray features, what you're talking about on Prime, ruin that. Because every time you pause it, it just pops up with everyone's names and it's like, really? <laughs> Thanks for ruining one more thing, Amazon. <laughs> Thanks for giving me the information straight to my brain. <laughs> Yeah, there's just no there's just no mystery anymore. I love it though. I really love that feature. Yeah. Let's move forward and talk just about some flights of fancy. Uh anything you can think of that might happen in the future. I'll start off. 
I think there's going to be a whole swaths of crime that go away because AI will be identify all of them 100 percent of the time. Uh, I'm talking like financial. minority report style. No, well that that was using those three humans, uh, the precogs, but in uh, the milk, right? Right, but but no, like like financial crimes. A lot of financial crimes are are never um, never identified because it's really hard to identify, and there's only no, nobody some. notices. Like it right, just doesn't. Yeah. But an AI will notice all of it, and they'll be able to detect patterns that are very very small, and even a human looking at it would miss. We've already seen that with like fraud alerts, uh, like, hey, we've noticed that this is kind of out of the ordinary. Uh, yeah. I assume that a lot of that is using AI. So absolutely. I, I, I don't want to bring politics in, whether that's good or bad. It's just going to happen. And there's going to be entire swaths. Plus, with cameras everywhere, uh, I have security cameras around my outside of my house, which I have a monitor and I can look and someone delivers a package. I can see who it is and that kind of stuff. But. I don't have the advanced, more advanced that exists right now where it will tell me that a human just walked in my yard or a cat just walked in my yard. Those exist now. Yeah, um, I have that. I have that with uh, my Google Nest um, setup and, and it's it's pretty amazing what it can do. It can not only, uh, it, it can actually recognize known faces and so it understands known faces. It also can uh, zoom in on someone. Like when it when it recognizes someone walking toward the door, it'll zoom in on them digitally and enhance their their image digitally. It's it's really amazing, um, and that definitely you know has an impact because there's there's like package thieves or that's right. you know the the people yeah. that burglarized my home uh, were package thieves originally. They were just coming to people's homes and grabbing packages off the. And it, uh, this is the sort of thing that now there's cameras everywhere. When, when we posted about that on social media, we got video from our neighbors. Oh yeah. They came to our door and knocked on our door too. Uh, that would never have been possible before. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not even talking flights of fancy right now. They just developed a technology that will identify guns in banks. So it was really good at knowing that someone has a gun, um, brandished or pulled out. And so with a cheap hundred dollar camera and a very cheap AI application, you can have your bank automatically call the police when a gun is seen, the instance it's seen. Um, and that's that's not even flight to fancy. That's now. Uh, I assume that we're going to have lie detection that's 99 percent accurate based on pattern matching. I presume we're going to have uh, there's a, actually a company right now that's working on it. Put a little cap on your dog or cat and we'll tell you what they're feeling. And they do that through <laughs> pattern matching, identifying when they're happy, what their brain waves look like and stuff. And you could literally in the next few years, five years, maybe or whatever, you're going to be able to put a little small device on your dog and you'll know hungry, scared, sad, happy, uh, all these emotions. Um, for for cats, it just always reads out disdain. <laughs> <laughs> my, my cat is staring at me with disdain right now. That's funny. Um, plotting my murder. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, any tiny little pattern matching we'll be able to do and we can't even imagine what that'll be used for, but it's going to, it's going to, we're going to, I don't want to get into politics or stuff or societal stuff, but we're going to have to learn change to deal with this new reality. Um, it's going to be very different. Well, and, and as creatives, I think like it's going to augment a lot of what happens. Um, and we're going to have to figure out what to do with humans' time. That is a significant problem 
that we'll have to solve. Now, that means more time for good things. But if we're going to lock ourselves to we need to fill 40 hours a week for everybody, we're going to we have a really complicated problem to solve, including the the level of uh, creativity that we're seeing from AI now. AI is generating art. AI is generating music. AI is generating all kinds of cool stuff. And um, it's making extremely complex tasks now um, easier for people. So five years down the road, we could actually start looking at some significant problems of trying to identify, is this a human or not? You know, like passing the Turing test. You could call up customer support, um, have an entire issue handled, hang up, and then never know if you spoke to a human or not. Uh, so I think like that's a pretty interesting sort of uh, headspace that we'll be in pretty soon. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we went over a lot of stuff um, regarding machine learning and, and artificial intelligence. I hope you found some of that interesting. This is a big subject we'll be talking about for years to come for sure. And we're just starting really um, just scratching the surface of everything that's going to become of it. So thank you for listening to this episode of Building Infinite Red, and we'll see you next time. As this episode of Building Infinite Red comes to a close, be sure to check out this episode's show notes. We love it when the listeners to Building Infinite Red leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or give us a shout out on their social channels. Feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Have a question for the owners? Reach out to them on Twitter. Their Twitter handles are on the show notes page. Or you can join the hashtag podcast channel on the Infinite Red Slack community at community.infinite.red. Thank you so much for listening to Building Infinite Red. We'll talk to you next time.